my fear as a heart type is to betray myself. What you just said, that heart center, that's a heart center statement. I'm this kind of person now. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Heart center. If you're heart center first, anything you do gets filtered <laughs> through that lens. Like, I'm this kind of person. I have to integrate this into my sense of self. I feel like the heart types are over-indexing shame and the heart last are under-indexing. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit like the instinct stacking when it's like in yeah. the middle. Not that we have it all figured out, right. but there's more of a, like a, a right using of it. Yeah. The Big Hormone Enneagram. John Lukovic, 415, sexual self-praise, 458 trifix. I'm David Gray, self-praise sexual, 9 with one wing, 974 trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an 8 wing 7, sexual self-praise with 854 fixes. Hi, I'm Alexandra, I'm a social self-preservation, 9 wing 1, 963 trifix. Like and subscribe on Apple and Spotify and uh, leave us a review. If you want to support the show with a donation, you can find us on Venmo at Big Hormone and paypal.me forward slash Big Hormone. All right. Welcome back to the Big Hormone Enneagram show. We're all sick. Uh, <laughs> we're all, tired. all drained of life force. Where are we Union coming live from? Systems are weak. Uh, Harlem, coming live Harlem. from Harlem. We are souls fastened to a dying animal. <laughs> yeah. Can someone just check uh, the audio just to make sure that it's not bad in the group? Yeah, just from their phone. Someone, yeah, can someone pull up the group. Pull the up phone? the group feed, and if anyone's listening, make a comment. How does it sound? <laughs> not running for president now <laughs> sounds good cool all right all right all right um <laughs> all right <laughs> all right all right let's just say all right okay uh so we're gonna talk uh about the heart center right and it yeah, being heart last so. yeah and we can make it like a group discussion so everybody joins in i know josh has some opinions yeah, we have That's some hard types here who would like to join that conversation. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the last uh, episode we did, Alexander brought forward new observations about being heart last and kind of understanding more about what that meant in terms of um, last in a trifix order. And so on this podcast, I'm the sole heart type uh, with these. Uh, heart last body freaks and uh you know finally somebody got it and wow. so alexander <laughs> has been sharing with emic and david what it means to be a heart uh what the heart do heart does and what it means to consult at last and so we've been exploring identity and image and um what the heart is and i don't know it's been kicking off a lot of thoughts mm -hmm. so i don't know if anybody had anything to say about that well, first, I wouldn't have <laughs> framed it that we like finally got it, <laughs> but that's fine. Frustration hard type can frustrate with the hard type. Um, yeah, I don't know. I might. I mean, my kind of plan, not plan, but hope, I guess, was to just kind of have a group discussion because we have um, we have a good variance here. We have a bunch of heart lasts, as per usual in the world. Uh, we have three core heart types. We have a four and two three. 
And then we have three heart middles with Courtney Kaisa and Sarah Simon. Mm. So I think that, yeah, we can kind of kick off a conversation around that, around the idea of taking in new experiences and filtering your ex- well, experience is a body word, but taking in your new experiences and impressions and perspectives and filtering it through your identity, adding to that identity, subtracting from it. What does this mean about me? What does this not mean about me? How do you update your sense of self? Um, that has at least been my processing with so far. That has at least been my processing with understanding the significance of the heart center. Um, so yeah, I think we could maybe kick it off that way. Yeah. And I'd also add, you know, identity from this point of view is not the things you think about yourself or the kind of labels you attach to yourself. Like from the point of the heart center, identity starts as a kind of a feeling sense of self. And, you know, we talked about how values and and things like that stem from that resonance with self or not, and how you can be more or less in touch with that sense of identity or filtering your experience through that feeling of identity. And so, um, yeah, it's not like, oh, I identify with um, being male and da-da-da-da-da. It's like an inner emotional felt sense. And so often it sounds like the experience of being heart last is that you might do stuff and only retroactively maybe feel shame or mm-hmm. um, say like, oh, that wasn't me. Like I wasn't yeah. really, that relationship wasn't me or that job wasn't me or that experience or doing that or trying that. Like that doesn't resonate with who I am. And actually when I get down into it, I kind of feel embarrassed about it and or ashamed of it in some way, but it's not quite, you know, I, I'm kind of shaping or getting clear of the sense of myself almost as like a, a reaction to my experiences rather than using that as the kind of, uh, the, the, what are the, whatever the fucking front part of a boat is, it is like mm-hmm. cutting through. Steering. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, uh, the heart seconds, like what is your impression of the heart lasts? Kaisa? Sarah? <laughs> Kaisa might have to get up. <laughs> you, need a, you need a mic? Sarah? Well, I'll say maybe maybe to even add, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what's your impression of the heart lasts as a heart second? I'll say even to like add to I don't know things to consider or whatever. Actually, forgot. <laughs> it literally just escaped me. So <laughs> I'll, I'll interrupt when it comes back. <laughs> yeah. Anybody have anything to say? Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> it came back. <laughs> um, is that shame? I'm also, I guess I'm kind of realizing how kind of disconnected I feel from shame. Not in that I feel embarrassed of myself plenty. Plenty. Um, but there's, <laughs> shut up. Um, but there's a sense that like I'm seeing the value of shame in um, as it relates to the heart center. Because in a certain way, feeling shame is feeling how you have like betrayed your sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I haven't, I guess I hadn't considered that before. I am, I feel identified with my perspectives and like my opinions and I know myself on like a body base, on like a very base body level, but there's a certain sense that when I have like strayed from where my center should be on a heart level, in an image level, on an identity level, um, yeah, I have a, there's a delay there in feeling shame that I'd actually like to be more in contact with because that is very centering. Yeah, because like you're as a heart last, you're filtering things through comfort, right? And yeah. then, and then if it makes sense, right? Yeah. But you're not. Um, 
you know, like a part of being like a four is I'm always preciously tending to that sense of is this me or not mm-hmm. to a point where I limit myself from experiencing things. Mm-hmm. But a counter version of that is being heartless or something, you know, maybe whatever. But it's like you're doing stuff and then being like, all right, is this this is not really in sync with what's like real in me in some way. Is that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. Anybody want to say anything? Uh, so yeah, yesterday uh, we were up up in this like uh, very fun club, and um, because all the music was there very loud, we got into the I got into the mode of like engaging with like heart and body rather than head, and I started intensely experiencing like in moment to moment these uh, directions where I could go, and. There was these senses of tiny heartbreaks every time I didn't go where I felt like my life energy kind of wanted to move. And I I feel like I was listening to that, like actually listening to that and following it and taking that space there, mm-hmm. even when it felt scary. And it actually left me feeling very good about myself. And... Having that sense of self, it doesn't actually matter so much what others think. I was being true to myself in that way. That's what it feels like. That's an interesting question. I was thinking about it because I was just watching um, your guys' episode with Joseph on the Order of the Centers, which Mm -hmm. was really great. And uh, Lewis and I were talking about it yesterday on the train. And I don't know, like, I'll tell you my heart sense of it like growing up without having all these words for it I think I come from a predominantly like self-press social so social self-press 937 self-press social and then probably heart last family like as most of the world is and my sense was I was different in the sense where I people told me I was like more sensitive or um I felt spacier people you're a space cadet like there was all of my aunts um my mom is like one of seven kids they really love watching like murder mysteries and like who did it and like who and like reading these books like following all the clues and I just didn't really get a sense of um I guess identity from that or didn't feel like I was seen in that or that was interesting to me and I felt like deficient in that way I remember having a conversation when I was really, really young, wanting to be a cinematographer, because they were just vibes, right? Like, like the angle of camera, like, and that at loving these movies that had such like a shallow depth of feel fields. And it gave like this feeling. I wanted to make music videos when I was younger because they didn't have to make sense. Mm-hmm. Like they were just about vibes. Um, and in a way, it's like now having this terminology for it, I feel myself absorbing nine but also the nine three thing where it's like I guess yeah like how will this look how how does it go along with my how I want to be seen and like three being you know attachment in the heart center it's it's lost it's just lost and then the head comes later which is seven which is bonkers sometimes (laughs) but sometimes it really does just feel like Just I have all these impressions and then sometimes there's just a wonderful moment when I can make sense of it, but it definitely feels delayed. Definitely. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's an interesting head last perspective too. (laughs) 
I guess the two things I would say is listening to your description of shame, Alexandra, um, I would say maybe as a heart middle, I feel like the heart types are over-indexing shame and the heart last are under-indexing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit like the instinct stacking when it's like in yeah. the middle. Mm -hmm. Not that we have it all figured out, right, but right. there's yeah. more of a like a playground a right almost. using of it. Yeah. Like an, yeah. Um, yeah. And so Less that's what I that's what I notice. Less like neurotic. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, and I think the other thing that I would say is what I'm hearing in this conversation is it's almost like where sensitivity lies like I where I can feel is that like my body sensitivity is the lowest like in terms of physical environment how it's affecting me um but there is a an emotional sensitivity that is turned up um that I guess I'm hearing through your comments that heart last yeah there's just like a lack of sensitivity mm -hmm. in that area yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 Josh yeah, I'm like kind of tired. I'm yeah. Let me just uh, head last. I need to load this thing. <laughs> 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 Let's see. Um, yeah, the listening to the heart last episode you guys did really it brought up a lot for me because. First of all, it like it made me kind of realize how blind like the Enneagram world itself is to heart the heart center. And mm -hmm. um it kinda let's see, not that I was like, oh, nobody's ever understood me, but I felt like I but I kind of felt something like that. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, um right. heart last people have just Aren't, aren't haven't until really now really grappled with a sense of what identity and image thing really is. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that just to give you a, like a really concrete example. So I've been going through uh, like, I don't know, pretty hard time, like existentially um, and wondering what the direction of my life is, which is a thing that visits me often. And that itself is anchored in the heart center in the sense of like, what's the direction of my life that will be most me, most true to me. Um, if I do, if I take this path or that path, um, am I, is, let's see, which of the two or three or five paths that I'm considering is the one that's most optimally suited to the expression of my full potential, um, as a three. Mm. And there's a way that I also am very sensitive to any kind of thing that I would have to do that would bring about a self abandonment. So like. For example, marketing myself more to like founders and investors as a coach, like that's currently my thing, um, or that's how I'm making money. And I just fucking hate uh, having to market myself in that way because I don't really care, you know, about the uh, the way that people typically market themselves to that community. You know, not that I have disdain for that community and um, just like as people, you know what I'm saying? But like, there's a way that talking about business and productivity and things like that, I just it's not who I am. And so writing a blog post about it, writing a LinkedIn post about it, it feels like uh, to summon myself to do that would be to betray myself. And I was talking to my mom and sister, who I think are both heart last. <coughs> and they just, their response was like, you got to get over that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, they're also SPSO, right? And they're SPSO. That's right. Yeah. And it, like, it just really made me, I was like, okay, 
I hear you, you know, <laughs> you're right. Like that would be very practical of me to just start doing that from a business point of view and like a life sustaining point of view. But I just can't <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, or I won't, I just won't. And it's not because I don't want to, or I don't have the energy to, you know, um, or because I don't think it's a good idea. It's because of this identity thing. It's like, it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. And so, <clears throat> um, one of the other things about this is I feel very strongly that we should decouple the word emotion from the heart center. I think that emotion is a three-centered process. Um, it's, and there's a really good book I recommend people read called How Emotions Are Made um, by uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett. And what is talked about in that book is how a, an emotion is basically you have a somatic experience. Like in the book they talk about, for example, being at the airport and watching your lover come off the plane and you've been waiting for them. And you have a somatic experience that you label in that moment as excitement. <clears throat> And the same exact somatic experience in a different context, you would label as anxiety um, just because, let's say, you know, yeah, if a lion was chasing you or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is, is that an emotion is basically, uh, well, from Lisa Feldman Barrett's point of view, with adding my own thing, like a somatic experience that gets uh, filtered through your sense of self and then labeled with using the mental center with a with an emotion word right and it requires all three centers um to have an interpretation of what that that feeling is and so the same somatic experience from a seven might might they would call it excitement the same somatic experience from a six they might call it anxiety and that's because of how they're filtering through the sense of identity what they're allowing mm -hmm. themselves what their what their sense of self allows them to uh think they're feeling you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying mm -hmm. So all this to say, the, like the heart sensor really is, it's like, you know, experiences are bubbling up in you, like from the fountain of the void or whatever your body. And the heart sensor is this framing device that says, I'm allowing this or that into my identity or not. And um, let's see if there's anything else. I think I might have, I'm kind of tired, so I'm going to peter out here, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, period for now and period. <laughs> period. <laughs> yeah. My favorite Joshism is <laughs> say his punctuation. <laughs> Going uh, off that, I think you're right about emotion. I think feeling is a heart center thing. And I think there's a difference between feeling and emotion. I think feeling has, um, it, like, the way I frame it is like, you know, emotion is based on your self regulation, states of self regulation or perception of self regulation. You're like, like, emotion would be like, either like, oh yeah, she's into me, or I'm imagining she's into me. You know, like I'm getting the reward of like my sexual instinct, or I'm imagining my ego as one that would be attractive or something, you know, like, yeah. like I'm evaluating, and then having an emotion based on that. But like feeling is more about like a, kind of like a direct contact with your heart center. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday, uh, Courtney and I were talking, and we were talking about shame, and talking about like the like shame is more like the the lower um how would you put it like the i mean i don't know if you want to take the mic and talk about it but the emo the shame is like kind of the the, the you know it's the response to being out of alignment with your felt sense of identity and the thing that knows the felt sense of identity is what we call co conscience and it's like consciousness in the head center but it's in the heart center and it's not conscience like 
this is your conscience. You know, like, don't do the bad thing. It's not a moral thing. It's a, it's a, yeah, character, not character is even too moral. It's like, um, is this me or not kind of a thing. And, um, you know, even in the, in the Gurdjieff, I mean, con- the remorse of conscience is like a big deal. <laughs> she wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, where did you go? She went to the store. <laughs> just for the podcast, a self press blind seven DJ just jumped in with a all sevens. <laughs> I gotta put a babe in my mouth. <laughs> you just the enneagram so real. You I mean, know. I, I, we were having an interesting conversation, like back to your point around <laughs> the difference between emotions and feelings and certain emotions. And from my perspective, shame is really interesting in contrast to fear and anger in the body and the um, mind centers, because I don't think you can feel shame without a thought. Like there has to be a, a story or a thought that there's something wrong with you in order for shame to arise. Whereas mm-hmm. I think fear and anger have a much more somatic, can spontaneously arrive, som- arise somatically. They can mm-hmm. also be driven by thoughts, but not necessarily. And so this idea that it's, a, it's like, like a cognitive emotional loop, shame, um, I started thinking about like whether, whether that means by definition it's a distortion of personality or actually it's sort of intrinsic to the human experience. Like it, uh, it would whether you'd have shame, even like you had a felt sense of yourself that wasn't anchored in personality, would shame still arise? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you and I came to. I think it would, it would have a different flavor. It would, it would be more uh, not coming from a place of deficiency, but it would just be coming from a place of, I have a felt sense of myself that I, it, I'm, I won't betray. Um, and to me, that would be the the high side of the heart center. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that like uh, my fear as a heart type is to betray myself. Mm-hmm. Like that is like what I'm neurotically trying to not like just be myself, you know, and like that sense of betrayal of self, like when that happens, it's just like, uh, I, you just want to obliterate yourself, you know? Huh. It's not dramatic. Um, uh, yeah, anyway. Maybe we got shit bad. I'll say just one, one concrete example to, to, to make it real is like, you know, let's say that you, have a sense of self that like you're devoted to your girlfriend or spouse, whatever. And then you walk into a place and you feel attraction for someone else. It's like, do you allow that into your image or not? Um, and do you like the acting on it? It's like, if, uh, let me let's put it this way. Not that like, if your heart lasts, you would just do that because you don't have a heart, you know what I mean? But, but it's like, if your heart first, the first kind of thing that goes through your mind is, uh, it's, it's not who I am. It wouldn't be integrous with myself. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like, 
because it fits into my mental framework of what values I have chosen to believe or because of, I don't know, whatever. It's like a, yeah, it's like that's not who I am kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. In, in the conversation about shame, I'm thinking too, like a lot of um, definitions of shame talk about it specifically related to the community, right? And so shame is a evolutionarily like useful feeling because if you do something so shameful, you know, you'll get kicked out of the community and you won't have people around, all these things. So it's useful in that way. It's always framed in the sense of like who you are within a group. Um, and I think that having heart, I mean, heart will save the world in the sense where heart last has gotten us to places where team love, um, has gotten us to places where with the head, you can rationalize anything. You can rationalize exploiting people for, you know, you can rationalize. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is David's job here. Um, so having that, that framework, right. It's not even like a mental framework. It's just kind of like a felt, it's not even moralistic either like in the body way, it's just kind of this idea of maybe your role in a community is what Well, I think a distinction yeah. needs to be made between intra, like, like social shame yeah. and intra, intrapersonal shame, like oh, internal okay. shame, yeah. which okay. is like the shame about your own relationship with yourself. Okay. And, um, cause yeah, I mean, I think social shame is more like, uh, when we're not having that felt sense of self, we'll yeah. rely on the outward guidance of how we need to be. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that people who are more connected to themselves can risk or tolerate more social shame mm-hmm. um, right. to mm-hmm. do their own thing, yeah. you know. Um, but, um, God, what the fuck was my point? There was some other point I was getting to. Uh, but, yeah, that's that. Oh, so, you know, one way to think about it is, and Josh, I'd like to hear your thoughts, you know, in your developmental view of centers, you know, when the kid starts to recognize that they have a self that is being paid attention to by another, and then there is good attention, bad attention, and no attention, this, um, you know, the, the wounding that happens, or let's say the, the, the capacity of the caregiver to attune to the self of the infant um, and their struggles in there, like that, that, that parent's capacity is the template for what the kid can take in to begin to relate to themselves in that way. And so if that's been disrupted or fragile or shitty somehow, they're going to have a very hard time and do a lot, need a lot of work to have that um, introspection or whatever, or I don't know what we call it. But, and so... Um, to like allow them to see that part of themselves and within themselves yeah to like know that there's a me in there that something can can be seen so Mm -hmm. then i'm going to give that myself that seeing Mm -hmm. it's like you know it's kind of like everything with our parents it starts as which we're outsourcing it to the parental relationship and then gradually internalizing it Mm -hmm. um so i don't know if if that totally matches up or you have commentary or yeah um give me a second I need to load it in. Yeah, yeah, load yeah, up, load up, baby. I, yeah. I had a uh-huh. question or comment. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, like the example you gave of being in a romantic relationship, going somewhere, being attracted to somebody, and the thing around uh, <laughs> that uh, saying something about how you your image of yourself or just take it. 
uh, I mean, to me, it's just happening or it's not. You know what I mean? It's, it's I don't have a sense of uh, what, what is the function that's happening that would have you, I don't know, <laughs> cut off the attraction or, or what is it that's happening there that's, like if it's not true to yourself, but you were attracted, I don't, I don't get it. Well, <laughs> David Gray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think Josh is saying you're cutting off attraction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, I would argue, you're cutting off for the pursuing. Yeah, actually, that it might be more nuanced than I originally thought when I gave that example. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, that like uh, an authentic attraction is arising in you, and so that's like, is yourself, at the same time you've made a commitment, that's also yourself, and so your identity holds But I, but I know too. there's something you're hitting there around how you see yourself or something that is foreign to me in a way that I know it's that there's something there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. and I don't know what it is. I don't know... I don't know what image is. Well, I think to me what I hear you pointing to is there's the question of whether the self is emerging like in the moment or whether there's like a fixed notion of self that then as things arise, do they, do they conform to self? Do I let my definition of self change to accommodate my, the new experience? Or do I let the fixed definition of self stop me from feeling whatever whatever's emerging? Is that do you follow me? Is that example about is about attraction or about acting on it? I I don't know. I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a bad example. Uh, okay. Yeah. Can you do another? I'm thinking about it. Um, let me respond to John's thing, and there might be something that comes from that. So the way I think about the developmental view of the centers is that, like, just in brief, you're, when you're just a body, like, first couple, like, month or two, um, you're just frustrated because the sensations around you aren't pleasant and holding you in the way that you want them to, do, to hold you. And so that's, that provokes rage, and that rage uh, propels you to, to learn or to try to set boundaries against the world. So that in here, inside my boundary, I, I can be protected from the sensations that I don't want. And when you arise into the heart sensor, then you become aware that other people are paying attention to you. And there, you become aware of the, of the me, the sense of me that is that thing that is being paid attention to. Which is not, I mean, it's, it's, it's consolidated by the, the body has to happen first because it's that, that me that's inside the boundary is that thing that's being paid attention to. And it's also... That thing that's being paid attention to is what I start to see of myself, or that's the, yeah. And the template is like when I'm not being paid attention to, or I'm being paid attention to in a way that's like not attuning to me, then um, there is an experience of unworthiness, and that is like the root of shame. You know, it's like, oh, am am is this me that am I actually worthy or not? Am I not worthy of the attention of other people? And so. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Each sensor. Forgive me for being like tired and stuff. You're but, cool, um, man. Each sensor that arises helps to solve the problem of the previous sensor. 
So like, you know, um, like for example, a boundary, the body center, the boundary, the body center can't be solved until you have the capacity to direct your attention, which is a heart center capacity. In other words, like a boundary is a function of what you're paying attention to or not. Or it's like, that's how you numb yourself. You know, you pay attention to that thing, which means you're ignoring these other things. And so that functions like a kind of sensory boundary when you stop paying attention to certain sensations. That's like, so that's like how the heart center helps solve the problem of the body center. The mental center is what allows you to hold a, a consistent sense of self-image. Without the mental sensor, without the, without the ability to kind of hold on to a concept of yourself, you would just be awash in gaze without any sense <coughs> of uh, a condensed, solid thing. You know what I'm saying? So this idea of like carrying around a consistent sense of self is kind of like, as Courtney was saying, kind of like a cognitive identity loop. You know, it's like the, the mental sensor helping the heart sensor have a sense of consistency of self. And... Um, and then things arise through the body that contradict that sense of self that's been consolidated. You know what I'm saying? And so identity going in the loop. I kind of am. I'm saying like, it's like, all right, like the body bubbles up with some life. Like my life force wants to go in this direction. Like Kaiser was saying at the club last night, like I want to, I want to dance with this person right now. And in that moment, that's just like, that's who you are. You know, that's your identity. And if you're, Self-concept through the mental center is that through the kind of mental center helping the heart center know itself is, oh, I don't reach out to people like that. You know, I'm too shy. I, 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 don't, I don't take up that kind of space. Then there's a contradiction from the body and the, and the mental center. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. And so there you are, like the, the heart is sort of sandwiched between the body and the, and the, and the mind in this way. And so there, in that moment, you have a choice. Are you going to follow the body or are you going to be loyal to the self-concept that, that you've consolidated from the mental center? And you kind of don't know which one is the real you. Yeah. You know? And so in a moment when you're feeling free and you're just following your, your, quote, your identity as it's arising in the moment, that actually ends up feeling more true to yourself. Um, but, it's, but it's also complicated, you know, because you sometimes follow those things and then you realize that actually, you know what, there was some value that I broke because I really, you know, like in the example of like I'm attracted to someone and I go after them even though I'm in a relationship. And so, you know, it's like, it's, it's this dance. The heart centers, I guess what I'm saying is it's really complicated. You know, there's, there's this consolidated sense of temporal consistency of like my identity from moment to moment. And then there's also the moment to moment arising of my impulses and my sense of who I want to be right now. And mm -hmm. often those are in conflict and there's a negotiation that happens. And all of that is kind of like the stuff of the heart center, you know, like that's the, and, and I've done, you know, and, and it's not like heart types just like have it down or something like, cause we're yeah. talking a lot about heart last. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what really fucks up heart types is the perspective they take on themselves. They get yes. very, yeah, their own, their own gaze, gaze upon can get, themselves, right. gaze upon themselves can yeah. get fixed in a certain way, or it can be partial, mm. or it can be like, oh, I'm feeling attracted to all these people in this club, like, I'm this kind of person now, and then they totally. act from this place, and yes. then it's like, oh, no, that, what, you know. But the, that, what you just said, that heart center, that's a heart center statement. I'm this kind of person now. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is, yeah. the heart center. If you're heart center first, anything you do gets filtered <laughs> through that lens. Like, I'm this kind of person. I have to integrate this into my sense of self. 
Yeah. Um, and so it's like, mm. yeah, anything I'm doing, it's like any word I write in my bio, any, uh, any, anytime I like, if I, like, if I were to wink at someone right now, it's like, oh, I'm now the, I'm the now wink the, guy. I'm the, I'm the wink guy. Yeah. Josh is a wink I'm guy. I'm the kind of person, who, I'm the kind of person who winks. You know? <laughs> and, and that's a dumb example, but like yeah. those kinds of things, yeah, yeah. like, like if you ever do something like that, like you wink at something, they're like, oh my God. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Oh, I was a wink guy for a second or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I got to kill myself now, you know? Exactly. I, that's I don't. Is that what's meant by identity? Yes. Because I was going to ask. Yes. Like, yeah. I, like, just the word identity is, I don't even know what it means. You know what I mean? It's, like, yes, that's what's meant by identity. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it is this, it's a, it's an ineffable thing. You know, it's this, it's, on the one hand, it's this vaporous kind of arising moments, moment sense of yourself. On the other hand, you get backlashes after you do something that you followed some impulse and you're like, wait, actually that thing that I did was not consistent with who I am. Right. And that's the that's the sh the intrapersonal shame that John's talking about. I mean, I know I have stuff around identity yeah. somehow, some way, but I still don't know what it is. <laughs> it's so, funny because, like, yeah. I mean, my experience as a hard type is like I I see y'all with like very distinct identities, and I yeah. see y'all yes, through same. the filter of identity. Me too. Yeah. And sometimes Which, I know that relating to y'all. I'm coming from an identity place trying to connect to your identity and I'm like, oh, that's not what they're doing. You I know, know. Yeah. kind of need to like recalibrate like, oh yeah, I need to just yeah. be like a, a, a lumpy body right now or something or a head. Well, I get these impressions where someone, you guys mirror something to me as in, oh, you're this type of person because mm -hmm. of this thing that you do consistently. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get hits of shame where it's like, oh, people are holding this opinion of me oh, or this yeah. image of me based on things, yeah, actions yeah. that I've taken to say, Emika is this type yeah. of person. And then I feel shame because I'm like, I'm not. Mm, I don't yeah, want to yeah, be associated yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you feel with that set of actions. Right. Yeah. Uh, partly the four thing of you're not going to get me or see all of me. Is it some of that? Well, no, it's not that. It's because it's like I have taken some actions that don't reflect who I want others to think that I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe I've hold done yourself to be internally. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe I've took, taken some actions that don't up that don't align with my own values in a certain way, and it's like I regret that someone is holding this opinion of me that mm -hmm. I don't hold of myself. That's it, and and you're kind of like in a certain way backing it or using others' gaze as a foil mm -hmm. to compare your own how you hold your own sense of self, and if there's a distance, that's the you get a bit of a shame back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like. But that, that thing that you guys are saying is like, oh, you did something. It's like, I'm this type of person now. Yeah. That seems a little ridiculous, but I, <laughs> yeah. I get hits from that from right. other people. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing that anymore because I don't want you to think that I'm this kind of person. Right. Well, I don't, at least I won't see you, let you see me doing that because I don't want to create the impression that you think I'm this kind of person. <laughs> I, think yeah. I'm, I think I'm generally avoidant of like if somebody, I don't know if I hear someone's impression of what kind of person I am. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's not comprehensive or it's not, uh, or it's just an aspect of me. Uh, I just, you know, laugh it off and kind of avoid it. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's interesting. But I guess the, the point is that everything you do is an aspect of your identity. It, so it's like it, if I, like, if you see me going to this club every Friday and I think, oh, I just go to this club every Friday. And then you, you're always coming to this club. You're the kind of person that comes to this club, whatever right. that means. Yeah, you're attracted that's right. to that's something. That's a part of my yeah. identity now. Yeah, yeah. And so 
as think as a heart last, you you kind of like downplay these things that you do as like that's just something I do. But if you do it and people see you doing it, mm-hmm. then that's part of who you are now. <laughs> each each doing is an updating of the inner picture. Yeah. Yes. And so, like you know, I mean, something I've had to learn a lot is like that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Like to hold that more loosely. Right. But for me, it was like I couldn't do X, I couldn't say X, I couldn't because that was not an expression of me. I had to be like super authentic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now I'm like I can be more of like a like you know a moron. Like right. I can just do stupid things. I can wear whatever. It doesn't have to mean. It doesn't have to mean anything, right? But that's been a very long process of being able to hold on to a me that is like from an authentic place mm-hmm. and not an erotic place. And then to just like be able to do whatever I do, mm-hmm. you know, and not have it to mean no. be a statement on your identity. Exactly, because I ha- it's like I, I can hold my own inner experiences of my identity in a direct way, and it's like irregardless of the circumstances. It's more like an intrinsic thing. You know what I'm saying? The problem I run into with that is that I mean, because that's my default just to do things and not have it mean this is who I am. But the problem is I could do certain things consistently enough. And then not realize that now it's kind of like a fixed Absolutely. That's part a big, of who I am now. And yeah. I didn't realize that that happened. Mm-hmm. And it's more obvious to oh. everyone else but me. Because I, I did it long enough. Exactly. That it became yeah. my identity. Exactly. And, see, Lewis and I were talking about this yesterday. Of like the heart center is, or like what I'm paying attention to. Like when I'm seeing you in terms of your identity. It's like what I see you caring about. What I see you investing yeah. yourself in. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, where, I, where I see you putting a lot of energy. It's like, oh, that that connects to a sense of who you are and yeah, what you care yeah. about, you know? Um, so there's kind of like this mosaic of the caring that you're expressing towards whatever you're paying attention to. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's literally, it's attention itself. That's yeah. the heart sensor medium. You know, it's like mm-hmm. what you are paying attention to is what I'm into. I'm assuming that you care about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is helping me paint a picture of your identity. Mm-hmm. And that's that, what I'm relating to. That's a really good point because I think my perspective of heart lasts is they can start to drift into just paying attention to things they don't actually care about or know they care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, I care about uh, painting, but I don't paint. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not putting attention and energy into painting. And so it like just starts to drift away in a certain, does that make sense? It does, yeah. And also this is where, this is where talking about the heart sensor in in abstraction without going into the specific types gets a little bit tricky For sure. because like I, I relate to that as a three, like holding a certain sense of, oh, I care about this thing that I haven't actually done in a long time because I'm actually investing a lot of attention and energy in this other direction that I don't really care about, but it's making me successful. Right. Um, right. And actually to contrast my experience with yours as a four is um, <laughs> we have... Um, all right, everybody put yeah. your hands together for the birthday boy. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> Happy birthday. This is payback. This is payback. I want to hear the end of this. I know. Happy yeah, birthday. fuck you. I'm going to do that. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thanks. This is really outside of his identity right yeah. now, so. <laughs> My identity is painting here. <laughs> You're the kind of guy that has birthdays. Yeah, Cupcakes. Happy birthday, John. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Now you know what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> the sting. Yeah, there was a way that's like, okay. if I was had to, if I was going to be embarrassed, John has to be embarrassed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, 
what was what were we saying? Oh, it's about contrasting my experience. So like your <laughs> so your your journey as a four has been from this like super tightly held sense of identity to now being a little looser. You can do things that don't like yeah. you can you can exp- just be stupid and have it not reflect on yourself. I can edit yeah. videos, you know, I can. Now you're the editor guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so my experience has been, you know, I I existed in a state of general like general drift about who I was, but also experienced um or there have been like different moments in my life where I sort of realized in a in in a like moment of profound life-changing shame that I have not been being myself. Mm-hmm. And so what I've cultivated over time is a deeper sense of like a more consistent sense of loyalty to myself. This and and you know, as a three and especially as a Bermuda, it's like it's it is hard to feel it and to get a consolidated sense of it. Mm-hmm. But I actually don't I actually I feel like there's another phase ahead of me, which is to be more looser, you know, in the way that you're describing. I see, yeah, but yeah. I sort of had to come back into myself. Well, first. You need to collect a yeah. relationship, yeah, and then good, and yeah. then you can hold that relationship as yeah. you do whatever. But right. yeah, I think right. I think that's like that's the step that a lot of people don't do is they collect a sense of self, yeah, and then you know do whatever. A lot of people just do whatever, and then the self is collected haphazardly, right? Right. Well, so that would be like a. The three's perspective is I'm still identity obsessed, but I'm looking outside myself to figure out that which is intrinsic to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Did you want? Did you want? Sure. Yeah. It's it's like. So it's a weird. It's 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 a it's an obsession with identity. Yeah. That is not internally derived. Yeah, like the way I, I talk about like in my developmental views thing, like the, the sponge in a tide pool analogy, um, which I won't go fully into. Um, but it's, what, I'm, what I'm saying with like the heart center being situated in the field of gaze is that what gaze is doing is it is providing a, the, a you, are, you are, let's see how to put this. You are constructing your identity as a three fixer via what other people see of you. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's a problem because you're not constructing it from within, you know, you're constructing it from the outside in. And so, yeah, the journey of three is like, yeah, I mean, you're still identity obsessed, but the, the journey of three is to learn how to see yourself from within to have a more consistent, um, and consolidated and authentic from within sense of self. Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, I'll just just to do the four identity thing, like, not dependent on gaze. Identity, well, it is actually dependent on gaze. Um, identity dependent, but identity being more rooted, at least for three, in um, you're seeing yourself. How you see yourself? Yeah, you're seeing yourself. Yeah. it's like an internal gaze. I think like the sort of the enlightened version of the heart center, you could say, is letting your identity just be as it arises, moment to moment, without being obsessed with it in this way. And so, I think I don't think I've said anything. Uh, so far that is sort of not neurotic. <laughs> like everything that I'm describing is fixated in the heart center. Um, so like freedom in the heart is the freedom to be who you are moment to moment. But what, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, it seems to me like one of the issues with, uh, just talking with Lewis about it, uh, that I get the sense with heart types that their preference would be, you know, figuratively speaking, would be to, hand me an eight by 10 glossy 
photo of themselves in their ideal image, right? A yeah. still photo, mm-hmm. and that sort of, and which would solve the problem, so to speak, of the fluidity of the heart, which is yeah. the ever changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fluidity of the heart is 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 catastrophic. Uh, it's it's like it's a huge problem if right. you're obsessed with trying to know who you are. The fact that the fact is the heart is fluid. Yeah, you know, your identity mm-hmm. is changing moment right. to moment. It's arising. Um, and it can't be put into a frame, but every heart type is neurotically trying to frame themselves to consolidate a sense of who they are. And so they can justify their own value to themselves. Yeah. You know, but there is something like in contrast to the heart last types where there, there is this, there is a boundariness to like, there is an arising of self moment to moment, but there's also, um, look, not everything's on the table. Some things it's too heartbreaking for me to do. I just I can't do it, and I think there is some benefit to that. And it's not necessarily about like because of my identity, but there's like in the same way that like there's certain physical distress I won't let come into me. There's like an emotional distress that I will not do to, unto myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about identity any longer, but it is about some sort of pain that I think would be the upside of the heart in its highest form. What? Why isn't it about identity? It, to me, it feels like, a, it feels like I'm hurting myself. I, it, it's not even about an identity construction, like a, like a who do I think I am. It literally feels like pain, like a, an emotional pain that I'm doing to myself if I betray or act in a certain way that, it just, it doesn't feel integral to who I am. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, you have to think about that one from the point of view, because I, I know what you're, what, at least I, I can enter into what you're saying from my point of view, but it feel the pain, it feels like, I do experience it somatically on some level, but it's kind of like in the, feel, in the medium of feeling, as John is describing it, like the feeling of self-betrayal or the feeling of whatever. So yeah, I don't know, it's hard for me to decouple what you're saying from, or how I experience holding a sense of identity. Like, maybe another, like, this does not feel loving. Maybe that would be the closest. I don't feel, I can't find love in this action. I'm I'm not, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm having a hard time holding what you're saying, but also I'm tired, so. It's like being out of alignment. Being out of alignment. Is that a consequence of maybe not being, I mean, at least for me, it feels like um, that inauthentic feeling or this, that pain feeling is, is a consequence of not being very competent in the heart space or the image space. So maybe it's like I'm clumsily making something up really quickly that I feel like other people would enjoy, but feels, yeah, I'm not very good at it. So that's what I've been thinking about at least that I'm just not this this pain feeling that I'm getting and this fake feeling that I'm getting when I try to do you know be a three or something like like it if feels I, if I hit my child mm-hmm. like the heart center protects against that mm. in its highest place mm-hmm. there's something in me mm-hmm. that won't let me do that mm-hmm. even though I have the impulse yeah. in the moment in my body yeah to do that the heart 
Like that would be the arising of conscience. Okay. And it's not about identity. It's about like, I, I can't stand like that betrayal, that emotional pain. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to describe. It's helpful to think of like exact examples where it's arisen in me, where I'm very glad I have it. Uh, yeah, I think there needs to be, I think your point is important about this, uh, the decoupling of whatever feeling, emotion, but at the same, it, it's, to me, there needs to be a balance because it is still uh, feelings. Uh, I mean, I, like as a body type and heart last, uh, when I'm uh, feeling something strongly, uh, I mean, it's, I'm, as a body type, I'm really feeling that it's actually located right there. Mm -hmm. And that's a, it's a strong hit because it's being heartless, it's somewhat foreign. Yeah. I, I think partly what we're running into is just the, it's, language is really slippery. And yeah. like, we're using, like, I, if, if I wanted to be really gritted about this, I would maybe, anytime we're talking about a body sensation, I would use the word sensing. If we're talking about like feeling your sense of self, I would use the word feeling and then thinking for the method. And, but we don't, we don't typically in our, like in the, even in this conversation, like feeling, emotion, sensing, sort of all, we're using the word feeling usually to mean all, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I wonder if it's yeah. still connected to identity, Courtney, because there's a way like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are people who hit their children and it's coming from a place of love because of their identity and the culture they come from. They, they want to, they need to do it. Even if they maybe sensorily don't want to do it, they need to do it because they're trying to mold their child into something or they, they're, the way that they're seeing their own um, role as a father or mother is the person who needs to do that. So I think it's still, I think it's still probably attached to identity. Yeah, I, at least that's my gut response. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I have like a resistance towards, here, let me do this. I guess I have a resistance towards attributing love to the heart center. I don't think it's a heart center thing. I think it's like bigger than all of the centers and all the instincts and all of that. So I think that example is being like identified as being a loving person and that is what is stopping the like a bad act or like an evil act or something you know or something that like feels misaligned with a person's sense of self yeah any more thoughts any other folks yeah anybody want to say anything <laughs> i have a couple of things one, it's been interesting. Um, when I went upstairs, I was telling a crumb, I was like, this conversation is kind of strange because I'm heart last, and a lot of this conversation has been around heart last, being spoken about by heart cores. And there is a certain way that I was like triggered by this conversation. And and here's and it's interesting too, because it is affecting my image center. There is I felt a certain defensiveness being like, don't talk about me. You know, <laughs> like don't think that you can talk about me. And even that is kind of an interesting um that is like my own image center being activated right. by the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's also a thing with uh, social instinct uh, having some kind of connection to the heart and heart center. That it that it may be the one instinct of the three of them that is some kind of bridge. 
-hmm. in the instincts to the heart. You know, maybe maybe the display of it. I don't know. I really well, have a thing against I mean, that. To the degree that I don't know, social is significantly from parent parenting and connecting, yeah. 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 Relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Framing it like that makes a lot of sense because I'm thinking of this word connectedness, right? Like social wants to connect, wants to be connected, feel connected, connect. And then in, in your framing of like the heart center popping up to solve the problem of the body and then the head center coming, it's kind of like, yeah, like the heart center connecting the head with the body in, the, in, in that kind of way, like making it consistent, the conscience, all of that, like where is the consistency between those things? So there's like just I'm drawing a connectedness between the self and also feeling connectedness with others which is usually some sort of representation of the self being connected with the self and also with others at the same time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I that's really resonates what you said. It feels like um, the social instinct is my connection with others and the heart center is my connection with myself. But you kind of need to establish that connection with yourself because that's the place you connect from. Mm. And that's where you need to direct your energy in a way in order to connect with others. You need to bring up your own identity in order to like connect with others. I mean, uh, my uh, favorite example, dogs versus cats. And I type all dogs as SPSO and all cats SPSX, no matter what anybody else says. And uh, and dogs, it's there's just so much heart. Yeah, that's true. In with dogs, you know what I mean. It's just obvious. And with cats, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Who is Montero? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the instincts thing, I think that I think that the instincts kind of like fill up and provide the contents for all three sensors and um you know to the i think the way to put it is that so david to your point the social instinct i think that the social instinct and the heart center use the same kind of apparatus uh, of gaze um, and so in that way they're kind of linked but at the same time i think that all three instincts are what direct your attention and because of that they're direct links to the heart center all yep. three yeah, and I, uh, and I don't mean to make it yeah. they're one and the same. Sure, right, right. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's murky territory, Yeah, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, my um, last thing, and this is kind of an anecdote, but it's like bringing up this conversation I had with Lewis actually while we were walking to, to like our dinner. Um, I think in my life, I'm sure there have been other ones, but I think in my life I've experienced like two very strong instances of like, oh, this is like a, I guess maybe the OPS word is a tidal wave. So maybe there's such thing as like a heart last tidal wave. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I was telling, I've been told a few times that I, I would make a good therapist and like, it's kind of interesting to hear because I was, that's what I was originally going to go to school for, but my like energy wasn't there. I wasn't, I didn't feel like super enlivened by it. I knew that I could like do it in a certain way. 
Um, but I noticed, I got to a point in my like college experience where I realized, and high school, where I realized the only thing I was like consistently giving myself to, consistently, um, I don't know, I felt like very colored by in a certain way, which is maybe a hard word, um, was the music program, was like singing, and I really was really applying myself to that, and was really like cultivating that part of myself. And I remember being like, a, and maybe it sounds, I don't know, very nine or whatever, but I remember it being a very significant moment for me to like, I'm going to this is, this feels like me. This feels like more authentically me. And it felt like a very brave thing to do. But that maybe is an example of like a kind of retroactive, um, I don't know, realization of how I've been misaligned and then realigning that, which is kind of, yeah, which is kind of interesting. There was something else, but now I can't remember. <laughs> I just want to see if, uh, you know, Lewis, you've been talking nonstop about love and care and connection. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts as a hard boy. On love, identity, care, and connection. Or just, I don't, you know, the stuff we're talking about. Uh, well, I think a word that comes to mind for me a lot around the heart is passion. Uh, maybe that makes it more clear and it's more emotionally evocative. Uh -huh. You know, we are defined by the things that we're passionate about. We're defined by our passions. And um, I guess speaking to my three wing four side of things, and maybe this is something that applies to all, Heart folks is um, the connection between creativity and identity. Mm, uh, seeing mm, mm. one experiencing identity as a creative act and having some intent behind um, what you're up to, and also, I guess my experience as a three wing four is that I am trying to create an identity. I'm trying to follow what I'm passionate about, but I'm also kind of uh, seeing where my taste takes me. So it yeah. feels like it's, it's, in some ways it's intentional and in some ways it's kind of just following where I go and trusting that uh, pictures going to emerge from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but I think the issue that threes have, especially three and four, is that um, I can become too rigid about how I'm distributing my emotional energy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's almost like I'm looking for this kind of objective self-perception and try to, trying to calibrate right. how much energy am I putting into each little piece and how am I moving it around? Can I take in something new? And what kind of energy is that going to free up for something else? Um, but I guess maybe the overall point I'm trying to say is that uh, I think identity is something that is emerging in the moment, right? And <clears throat> presence is important and fluidity is important. But I think there is something to be said for... Uh, creatively uh, cultivating identity well, using your emotions or your passions. Well, creativity in the moment would be uh, channeling the fluidity or doing something with the fluidity. Channeling the fluidity, but using your heart center as a, as a filter and as a kind of something that um, mediates mm -hmm. between what you're experiencing right. internally, what you're experiencing uh, externally. Yeah. Uh, and kind of putting it into a framework and uh, uh, perceiving yourself and uh, uh, having some autonomy over how other people perceive you. Yeah, no, that's think, great. There's uh, a lot of four in what you're saying. A lot of four, yeah. 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 Uh, and I think uh, I'm just going to ramble. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Say, when you all take this, I, I'm fucking tired of holding this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give one of them? Because they're, 
just chilling. I had last losing train of thought. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, and okay, another another piece of heart, and maybe this is more of a four three thing is uh, wanting to have an unconscious emotional effect on other people, right? And I think that's uh, that's something that there's. How can I put this? Um, I think trying to have an emotional effect on people and trying to invite people into our world and kind of collaboratively create a, 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 an emotional dynamic that yeah. uh, I, I, it's, it's hard to describe the kind of... We were getting at with this? phrase uh emotional landscape yeah i guess yeah, yeah maybe this is the emotional landscape thing yeah i th i feel like i don't really understand what that is uh, i think that what you guys mean by it, it, but i think okay. you're like setting well, I mean, a, a, a what you're saying yeah 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 um, right okay that's another piece i think the heart is also about how you f how you yeah how you frame your experience on an emotional level or on a more yeah yeah what you're inviting somebody into um yeah. like a certain shared space or something yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like uh yeah shared space of uh seeing yep uh yeah instead of just like inhabiting the same physical space or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was great yeah. Kristen, you haven't said anything Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't said anything. I guess we coincidentally started the centers on our podcast. Check us out on Insomnia. Oh, she's just trying to promote herself. <laughs> Nonstop three fix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're kind of like, we learned through the instincts, um, kind of like what Josh was saying, that these things are kind of happening simultaneously. So like the centers are all happening at once and... So what's actually coming from what, what is affecting what, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the same thing that we learned from the instincts is that like all the centers are present in one dream too. So it's like figuring out what is it, where's it coming from? Um, what do you do with that? So we're kind of still working on that. Like our, our first episode already came out on it and we kind of talk about it all in general. Um, what's the name of the podcast? It's Insomnia. It's Insomnia? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so we, we're we exploring it in more of a kind of creative way rather than like the, like externally how it, it comes up. It's kind of like, how is it operating internally, like in your inner world? Um, so that's why like going through images is important to us and what that evokes in someone and in you and therefore in the external, how you perceive the external world. So it's like, yeah, I, I haven't said anything because we're still kind of like formulating that, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Are you approaching it through dream work? Yeah, and also kind of like keeping in like mind what comes up for us in daily life. Like, not only, like you don't have to track your dreams to do this kind of work. Like things can come up symptomatically and stuff like, um, and, and what kind of feelings, like we're all talking kind of about the feelings that you experience in responses to things or whatever like that 
can be, uh, I guess, evaluated in a creative way the same way you do dream work. So, yeah. We're still kind of going through that, so I won't say too much. Cool. <laughs> it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.